What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of We Are H Development. My name is Joe Morato, and if you are tuning in, then you have caught us at episode six. Yeah. This week we're going to be talking about faith, and as promised, I do have a friend of mine with me today, Garnet Mwangi. That's right. And I appreciate you joining me today. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, it's uh, it's been a trip. I I I have to tell you, and 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 I want you to know this too. That's right. The reason why I picked Garnet as my next interview is because we come from completely different realms of reality. Uh, we couldn't be from further planes of existence, no. culturally, geographically. Our lives could not have been more separated and more different. Not just because obvious reasons, our race, right? We literally grew up on different continents. And with all of these differences and with all of these amazing astronomical differences culturally and, I mean, just everything, everything. right? Like everything that I talked about, with all of these differences, our lives have somehow come to this place of a, of a parallel wavelength, right? Right. We met, I'll tell you how we met, we met at work. A year and a half ago or so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Garnet came in. He was going to be uh, my replacement. I was actually training him. I was getting ready to take on a promotion at work, and I was training him to be my replacement. And we got to know each other there. And uh, what we found out in talking to each other and working closely with each other and getting to know each other is that our where we were at at that point in time in our lives was a very, very similar place. And it's just amazing how the universe works and how God works. Absolutely. And, and how God puts people in our path, it right? It does. It's not a coincidence. Uh, we're going to get into all of those similarities. And that's the big thing is that I want, I want to showcase the similarities in our lives, regardless of our upbringing and regardless of our cultural differences and regardless of our past, where we are at today in our lives is so similar uh, and it's uncanny. Like the, the the things that we have in common are literally just un, unimaginable. Uh, so with that, I, I'm gonna just jump right into some questions, and I'm gonna let you kind of tell everybody your yep. story. First of all, like I said, we grew up on different continents. That's right. Right. So you're from Africa originally. Eight thousand miles away. Eight thousand miles. Eight thousand miles away. So my my first question for you was, what was that like? What was it like growing up in Africa? Well, I. Um I enjoyed growing up as a little kid, and I think for me, for what I can see now is, as a child, it's kind of really hard to decipher, really reality in the sense, you know, my joy and my and my happiness was found in just the memories that I could make with my little brother. But as I got older, you know, I went into high school. Life was kind of different then, you know. I mean, um, a lot of the culture that we actually that I carried was much more or less of what the African culture was or stuff like that because I was so in love with America at that time, uh, even before my stepdad stepped into that role. So, you know, for me, coming here to America actually had me reflect a little better on what the differences were when I was back in Africa and that now I'm in the United States. And the man, all I can say is like privilege 
and privilege here in America is a lot, you know, like I just, I can remember there's days where I didn't, like we didn't have food and we didn't know where food was coming from. And I think about that stuff right now and I go like, what? Like, you can't even imagine. I can't even imagine life being like that. And, you know, some, some days where we didn't have shoes growing up, my brother and I going to school and that just the hassle to just make it into high school is like such a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, like that was an accomplishment. That was a big to, accomplishment. For your education to even go that far. That's right. That's right. You know, and, but the, the family structure and, I'm you glad know, that you said that. My next question was <laughs> that's actually, your next question. my next question was actually going to be, <laughs> oh, what, okay, was, what okay, was your okay. family life like? So perfect. You segued perfectly. Yeah. I didn't grow up with the dad, you know, I, Grew up with a single mom, and it it, it it was it was a good life then, you know, because my like my eyes weren't so fixated on I want to see a man in the house. But I grew up with a single mom. It was fun. We did lots of fun things, you know. Uh, she we were middle class at that time, so she could afford some things where you know a lot of kids and a lot of families in Africa couldn't afford. So we could. We were going to camps. We were doing, you know, we were going to like, um, um, uh, what do you call this? Just fun stuff, you know, like kid fun stuff, water parks, stuff like that. We used to do that. And, um, you know, the desire for me began and uh, right before high school where I was like, I kind of want to spend some time with a guy in my life, you know, Mm -hmm. like a man to kind of teach me the things and the ways and the routes. And in my culture, there's such a burden on the firstborn son to kind of carry over the legacy of the family. But I didn't see any legacy in my family. Mm-hmm. So, so that, do, you, do, yeah. you think that you, do you think that you sought out like older role models or, or role models like just like on your own, like instinctively? Do you think that you sought like older men to emulate or to, to learn from? Absolutely. Yeah, that gap was it was such a big role. But. You know, part of my struggle being in a broken home was that my granddad, you know, was a drunk Mm -hmm. and he did everything that I could ever hate because, you know, he used to beat up my grandma and really didn't really take any responsibility in her children, which my mom being the second born, Mm -hmm. that's why she gave birth at the age of 16. And so things like that, I was like my uncle, you know, the son to my granddad was turned out to be the same way. He just fell into drugs and, you know, reggae music and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, listen. <laughs> and so to me as a little boy, I'm like, I got no dad, I got no granddad, I got no uncle. Like, where, where's all the, the, the male figures around me? And so subconsciously, that kind of grew in my mind in such a way I didn't, I was seeking, searching out for that. And when my mom can provide that, I would hide a lot of things growing up like that's when I began doing drugs at that time is because subconsciously man I I, I just didn't have this father figure so I became a rebellious child you know mm-hmm. but that was kind of my upbringing from dirt and all these things and and, and landed in to America so I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you a, a kind of a off question just yeah. because uh, the listeners and, and viewers at this point recognize that you have an accent yeah, and uh, and that's because the English isn't your first language. No, it's not. So, it's not. so mm-hmm. what? It, what is your your native tongue? Your native language? So, my native my native language is 
Kikuyu, okay. which uh, is the most dominant tribe in Kenya. So they actually migrate from uh, Ethiopia and migrated from uh, India originally. So yeah. that's the whole like lineage there. But so did you start learn? And did you start learning English in Africa? And then you just expanded on that once you got here? Yeah, actually, that's a great question. When I you know, grew up in the British system, so that's the system we go uh, through as kids, which is similarly to this one, just the language is kind of different, <laughs> and the uniform. Sure, sure. <laughs> but, you know, so yeah, so I grew up learning English as, uh, as one of my subjects, and so Haley also is one of my subjects, but I fell in love with English a little bit more because I love the rhymes and, you know, just the musician in me was always mm -hmm. there. So, and it's kind of hard to do that with Swahili because it's a mixture of languages. Yeah, yeah. So the flow is not always there. But, you know, English was certainly that, that I paid much more attention. I, you know, I really performed the most. I never dreamt about America in any shape or form mm -hmm. because to me, English was England. Mm -hmm. And, um... That's funny. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, and it's very different. Their English is very, even though the words are the same for the most part, yeah. the pronunciation and enunciation is very different. Absolutely different. Right? different yeah. uh, especially expressively. Expressively, right? very different. Um, so, which leads me into my next question, actually. What, when did you know that you were coming to the U.S.? So, Yahoo in 2007 it was okay. such a significant year for, I mean, at least the whole world, because that's like the year before... Uh, uh, Obama comes into office, sure, and he's from Kenya, so that like directly impacted the whole, um, you know, the whole like uh, democracy in Kenya sure. as well. So there was this big giant fight in that year, like mass mass um, murder and stuff like that, just tribes killing each other. And that was over Ashley Obama, which mm. is hilarious because this guy is like he's in he's in America, right? But um, nothing to do with with democracy or leadership in Africa at the time. Nothing to do. So Yahoo was like at that time is when it hit like I, I think African countries, mm -hmm. and a lot of people now got news and information about the United States, what's going on, and stuff like that. And so people could even contact people from. The United States. Right. So my mom was like, yeah, I'm going to check out some white white folks up in America. And so, <laughs> <laughs> so, so she got on there oh. and, you know, she put some profiles, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And so that's how they met the first time in 2007. I was seven years old. Okay. And But the relationship was in and out. Seven years uh, later, 2014, is when they decide, you know, they never met. Mm -hmm. You know, my mom was like, all right, let's do, like, I'll marry you. You just come come to Kenya. We'll do it. So he comes, and five months later, they're married and everything, and I was in the wedding. But... And this uh, is your stepdad? This is my stepdad. Okay. But then it took two years later for the application to come here as, uh, you know, as an alien, mm -hmm. as a permanent resident. Sure. Took two years of, you know, paperwork, and 2016 is when I came. And so, prospectively, just so everybody has an idea, so 2014... Yes. They they tie the knot. They get married. They tie the knot. He comes to Kenya. I'm like, who's this comes to guy, Africa. This, this white dude <laughs> comes to Kenya, marries your mom, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. and they start the process for citizenship. Hey. So how old were you at that time? 
I was so 2014. I was 14. It was my first year in. You know, I was a freshman, and then 2016, I was my half my junior year. So you're very a very impressionable young man at that yeah. point, and you yeah. were already getting into trouble, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Okay. So my 2014. So eighth and ninth grade. No dad around. No dad around. Getting into trouble, getting into drugs. That's right. Hanging out with the wrong crowd. I want you to know that I've I've talked about these things on my podcast. Mm. Exact same scenario. Exact same stuff. My my dad was around. My parents separated. Just so you know, I know that we haven't really talked about this, but yeah. the the again the uncanny similarities, right? Mm-hmm. Were were decades apart. Uh, my parents separated when I was five, mm. and. My dad was still in the picture, but just on the weekends. Right. So it was like going to dad's was like going to summer camp just for the weekend. And then it was back to school and business mm. as usual with mom during the week. And then they got remarried for my sake right. when I was a little bit older. Uh, I, I want to say when I was about 10 or 11, they got back together. Uh, and, you know, people separate for a reason. It was, yeah. it was a broken, abusive relationship already. Though it was a noble reason to get back together, it wasn't good enough or it wasn't enough. Right. So that marriage didn't last, and my father ended up leaving again uh, and for good the second time, about the time I was about 15. Mm. And uh, by that time, I was also already getting into trouble, already hanging out with the wrong crowd. So it's funny, about the time that you got a stepfather in the picture is when mine vacated, but we both still sought... You know, yeah. uh, that's why I asked if you sought out older male role models yes, 100%. because that I felt that vacancy in the home too, and I felt that lack of of fatherhood or or, or male leadership in the home. I felt that lack of that, and and looking up to someone. Uh, and even though I had older siblings, I had older brothers. They were grown and and getting ready to start their own families. Like they were that's moved right. out. So. Um, not to distract, I just wanted to give people an idea of the timeline, some similarities already in our stories no, this that, is that, good. that we this had is good. no idea I had about. some questions about that. Yeah, yeah. So, perfect. So, um, so you're 15, or 14, 15, getting ready to go into high school, and you're getting ready to get citizenship to go to America. Yeah, yeah. So, okay. you know, and all this, at this moment in time, uh, was... Like my whole life is gonna change, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm going to a completely different place. I've no, I, I've seen music videos, Little Wayne. You know, <laughs> I've seen Drake. American pop culture, baby. Uh, yeah, yeah, man. Yeah. I was like, I, right, I'm gonna go get a car. I'm gonna go get, you know, me a girl and oh. at the beach. Right, right. Have the have the the, the said, ride <laughs> and the bumping system and the honeys and the chains and just, and just yeah, just three things I, I like. That's all I wanted. Yeah, so yeah. and 2016, man. I'm like, okay, I gotta few months man like I'm seriously gonna leave everything and but what was funny is I didn't have any relationships you know I, I thought I had friends uh. but I never told any of them that I was gonna leave for good mm-hmm. so I left all my friends all people that we used to hang out with and they just came and like they found out that I was gone so the intimacy with anybody I couldn't have even my own mom or my brother so like that is how much I was bottling this uh, hurt mm-hmm. that was there as a young young male mm-hmm. and um, I never got that estrogen there's there's there, there's a lot of studies that um, that shows that the father and the sons and the daughter like he actually provides estrogen like this not estrogen I think I'm not quite remembering that 
exact word, but like his this this aura that he gives his mm-hmm. uh, family is like a covering. So when he's protection. not there, sure protection. Uh, and when he's not there, the girls and the boys they actually crave for that and something that that sense they don't you know it's not new age i promise <laughs> no no definitely not, definitely not. it's instinctual just I, but, I, i'm sure just like just like motherhood is yeah. instinctual right those maternal instincts kick in which we're going to talk about later but uh you know just like women have maternal instincts that just kick in they just turn on like when they, that they happens do. It's, it's I, I believe, that, I believe yeah. that we were created perfectly 100 we are machines that were created perfectly right. and to crave certain things and to generate certain right. things automatically and when we're fed properly and when we're rested properly right. and when our exactly. spirits sure. are are healthy we just emanate right we just emanate love and Absolutely. we emanate kindness and and and, and that's yeah. a lot of what about the, the the we are apes thing is about is getting in touch with who we really are and regardless of what that looks like to other people getting comfortable in our skin and being comfortable being positive and talking about our feelings and having it be okay to not be okay, yeah. right? Like, mm-hmm. so many people walk around not okay and they're afraid to admit it Bad. because culturally, it's shameful. That's right. If you don't have your shit together, if you have emotional problems, then you're damaged or you're broken. That's right. And who's going to want that? Well, that's, no. that's bullshit. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody has wounds and everybody has things that they struggle with and we're supposed to lean on each other and help each other and we're supposed to share our experience. We were built that way to have community yeah. and, and I, be, I believe that we were created that way to have a 100%. sense of community. We were, we, we were designed in this ways and this is really good that you're talking about just the nature of a man, the nature of a woman, the things you can't change right? because apparently there's a designer whom, by the way... <laughs> when he, when, it's like when he patents something, yeah. that's something, you know, everything comes with a manual, you yeah. know, like you yeah. never want to take your Samsung to an Apple shop, like right. Right. that just won't, that just won't work. And that's, and that's all throughout the Bible, uh, you know, the Lord Yahweh and Jesus, he says that you need to come to me mm-hmm. so I can fix you. You know, that's why only through Jesus and then we can receive the gospel and the understanding and the wisdom because if you go to the devil, if you go to your friend, if you go to Lowe's, they're not going to give you those things. Right. So, you know, it's, it's it's vitally important to understand who you are and sure. your identity. And a lot of people lose that because of their parents. Yeah, definitely. We're going we're gonna to get into that. Um, mm-hmm. So, so tell me, let's see. So, so tell me about the transition. So you, so you left all of your friendships. You left all yeah. of your relationships. Mm-hmm. You, you didn't even really feel a disconnect because you didn't feel connected in the first place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what was it like when you got here? Yeah. So when I got here, which is funny because the expectations are <laughs> never there. Like they never hit quite right. You know, mm-hmm. we have. <laughs> it's so funny. Like we always have expectations. Um, but yeah, so, you know, I come here and I'm, and I'm like, I have this imagery and this like, uh, idol worship of the, what I wanted and was searching out and seeking in the United States. And quite frankly, 
It was that way. Yeah. I mean, you yeah. know, I, it felt like Mars the first time I landed in Chicago, um, you know, and I'm just looking around, like, I felt like everything smelled different, man. Like, yeah. Like, well, yeah. Like, I mean, folks are just like aliens. Like, yeah. I just, to the, me, the my air. eyes were so different. Sure, sure. I mean, the, the air is different, right? The air is different. The, the, yeah. the, the pollution 100%. is different. The smell of the vehicles and the fuel 100%. is different. Yeah. Uh, the buildings probably smelled different. I mean, everything from the clothes yeah. to the cleaners to, I mean, everything. Yeah. Just, I'm sure it was just shell shock, culture shock. <laughs> Especially when I went to Taco Bell. That was a big <laughs> shock. So you, you had Taco so Bell in Africa, I, and it was very different. Uh, no, we, I mean, I'd never seen anything like tacos, man. So I, I saw that when I, you know, when we first went to Taco Bell. I'm like, what the heck is this? Yeah. And uh, I tasted it, man. It's not. It's not what I was used to. You know, even the food I had to like um, yeah. acclimate to those things. But uh, yeah, so that was that was the culture shock for me. At least, the, like the the first three years, like I had a lot of struggle, and actually my English was broken. Mm-hmm. But also, just like everything was different. Crossing the road was is it, not the same. Also. You know, our traffic is actually on the left. Right, so everything was backwards. <laughs> everything was, was backwards. Like, what? Yeah, riding in the car was backwards. Riding the car. Steering wheel was on the other side of the yeah, car. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it was really upside down very, and backwards. Yeah, very, very, very upside down, very different. Um, but yeah, you know, just like anything else, it's very easy for humans to acclimate. So, yeah. I just began speaking American, you know, with the twang and everything came together. So, when I. When I talk to my family members, they're like, "Where'd you get that nose?" Yeah, that accent, nasally, that you know, nasally talk, the nasal yeah. uh, accent, and I'm just like, "Yeah, I just, I'm, 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 I don't speak Swahili as much." Yeah, so that's a part of it. But yeah, j- j- just the, the the changes and everything just began becoming smoother and smoother. Mm-hmm. And I think what really helped actually was the fact that Jesus was after me because. I wanted to become a mechanical engineer and I was fixed and focused. I, you know, back in high school in Kenya, I was like, I was not doing so great. But when I landed here, I was like, this is my second chance. I better take this thing all the way. I'm gonna become a responsible man. And uh, and I want to complete my career so I can provide for kids if I, mm. if I ever have kids. Mm. And so my path was set to education and prospering in that manner. And I wanted accolades and things that would be able for me to show off because that's all I could do. Mm-hmm. And so I went to Purdue University and I actually was there for two years for mechanical engineering. Okay. It's a great college for, for that. And I just couldn't stick with it because then I began doing drugs. Because of the distractions, it, yeah. And the issue was not at all physical. That's why none of that stuff was able to fulfill me. Uh, you know, like the uh, the school and the feel and the, all this knowledge that was puffing me up. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, I could have been a mechanical engineer for sure. But, you know, I was, I met this girl and that's now my wife and, you know, I, I was going to school and the place that I was was about a mile away from this place. So I moved. I, um, I had a... Um, sorry, guys. No, you're, <laughs> you're good. good. You're good. You're going you're to cut that. No, definitely not. You're good. <laughs> All right. So, I'm so, so I'm, I'm going yeah, I'm, I'm to stop you for a second because I do want to talk about that. Yeah. Um, so you got into drugs at, at, at college. 
you were you were furthering your education and focusing your education on on becoming a provider. You mm-hmm. were 18, 19? Yeah, I was 18. Okay. Yep. Um, things took a dark turn at some point, right? Like mm-hmm. you got you said you got into drugs and then you like super segued you like you rocketed past. So what I I want before for for alcoholics and drug addicts that are in recovery, mm-hmm. we talk about the turning point, like, right. right? We talk about what happened. We mm-hmm. talked about what it was like, but then we talk about what happened. So what was the darkest time or the feelings that were going on in your lifestyle? What was your what did your lifestyle look like and what caused that to change? Yeah, so I'm a I'm gonna try to be me- methodical here yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. take your time take right your time. so 2017 which is you know i was 17 years old and you know i um i i just had learned that actually my the guy that i thought was my you know my brother's dad mm-hmm. i thought he was my biological dad he didn't turn out to because my mom told me and i'm caught up in this like you know i'm caught up in this and this thing where I'm like, where am I really from? Like, why did he do that? And all these questions just popped up in my head. And I became, again, like, I really, really wanted an out, an outlet of my anger because I'm a really reserved guy, you know? Mm-hmm. So, and I'm sure your listeners can know that by now. Yeah. But, like, so for me, I, like, video games weren't, weren't my thing. I actually I, I did sports a little bit. Mm-hmm. But still wasn't, I wasn't the best athlete. So to me, art was that thing, but somehow I, I wanted to become a, a mechanical engineer, but like that was out of fear of my providence and God actually showing up in my life. Nevertheless, I was at Taylor University at that time. I was just kind of doing like a tour on different colleges. Mm-hmm. And this is a Christian college that I actually ended up being involved in. Okay. And where was that at? uh, It's in, all this is in Indiana. Okay. And so I began asking questions about God and, and like wanting to understand like what is, what is the end of the world? What is the end of my life? What is even the meaning of life? And I read John chapter one for the first time of my life. And it talked about like God was there in the very beginning. He's the word and the word was with God. And that just changed my whole life because right there and then I was like, that makes sense to me more than anybody has ever told me. Because I I could remember when I was six years old and I asked this guy that, you know, it was a Sunday school and I asked this guy like, what, what do you mean? Like, where does God come from? He has to come from somewhere. This guy can explain it to me. Mm-hmm. So, but this question was answered supernaturally because nobody could explain that to me anyway. But I just read First John and I had never read the Bible like that. Mm-hmm. And it just resonated in my spirit. Like mm-hmm. God is actually not confined by time or space or anything. He just was there. Mm-hmm. Like we're made, but he's not made. Mm-hmm. And that right there just it hit home. And I was like, Lord, we're doing this thing. And I confessed <laughs> my life. And I was like, I don't know about uh. this. We might do a seven-day trial. But I, I legitimately... <laughs> I think this is it. So good. This is it. Yeah. And I just had something for Christ, man, because I saw this guy, like, he just, like, there's nothing wrong about him, you know? Mm-hmm. He just was a sinless guy mm-hmm. that, 
got crucified. And I was yeah. like, I'm, I'm, I'm really interested in this. And then, so when I actually was in Purdue, actually, uh, I almost forgot to mention, mm-hmm. is that desire to just want to be good and live a good life and make everything around mm-hmm. me good uh, through Jesus, I just was interested in more of Christianity. So I, um, CCO is a group that I got involved in and I actually became a president mm-hmm. in the second year. And that's because I just loved ministering, especially the evidence of Christ. Mm-hmm. So to me, apologetics became much more, you know, a head knowledge type of thing where I really needed to explain because I'm, m- my mind is built in that way. And I just was like, I want to explain to people who God is, number one, in the most logical form. And I really wanted to know, like, how much evidence is there for crucifixion? And there's a whole lot. Mm-hmm. So it's funny that you that it brings us to this, to this point, right? Like yeah. part of the reason, another part of the reason why I chose to pick you as the interviewer yeah. for this subject also, right? Was because I was going to be talking about faith. Oh, good. And I wanted somebody who was convicted that's right. for, for Jesus and convicted for Christianity because that's what everybody Im- immediately thinks about when they think about faith. Yeah. Now, I'm going to talk about lots of other things and lots of other perspectives because that's what apes is all about, right? That's it's right. having an open mind and having a broad perspective. Right. Uh, but I do want to get more into the question that I had for you mm-hmm. was, do you think that when you read First John that that was when faith was born in you? Yeah, I mean... Because you said it, like, faith, the definition of faith is having a strong belief or conviction in something without needing any proof. That's right, that's right. And and so what you said there was you wanted somebody to prove it to you, and after you read 1 John, you didn't need any proof. That's right, that's right. Like, you just had faith in in what this was about, and Mm -hmm. you were on board. That's right, and you because know, my experience with faith is is much different, much different. And, and, and I'm going to get into that too. But I just wanted I just wanted to just jump on that while you were talking about That's right. it. You know, I think you know God really does cater for like every other different personality because He is a personality, and for me, He understood that I I was I I. I I was seeking to understand and God really loves that actually Proverbs chapter 20 talks about you know the the, the, the foolish ones are the ones who are quick, uh, who are quick to speak uh, but the wise seek to understand and so like to me I did not know Jesus I did not know much about him right but I was seeking to really understand where what is my life's meaning and what should I do with my life? And so he, even though my mind didn't catch up with, you know, like my mind couldn't catch up because I don't think there's anybody who could explain who God is mm-hmm. because then he wouldn't be worth worshiping because if you can explain God in like 20 different sentences, then he's not worth uh, you know worshiping. But he still gave me like this transcendent understanding of who it is who, who he is in an instant. Who he was so, to you. Who he is to me. Right, right. Because right, yeah. everyone's own perception and owner interpretation and own relationship specifically is their own, right? And just like any other relationship, you talked about not having relationships when you're in Africa. That's right. We're responsible for fostering those relationships, whether it's with our spirit, with our creator, 
with other human beings, with friends, with coworkers, right? That's with right. Our, with our spouse, we are responsible. So the if we want that relationship to be stronger, we have to invest time and ourselves into those things. That's right. And 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 this is so good that you talk about this because it actually leads me on to explain the next thing is that yes, just because I had this epiphany or revelation is 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 really the word because mm-hmm. God almost like unveiled because he actually even says faith is a gift so nobody can really ever even think of God that he exists if he didn't let us do that mm-hmm. so to me that was like he opened the veil of my eyes and he had me see uh, who he is just in that sm- small time frame and I think that right there wasn't it that is not when I actually believed in Jesus. Okay. And the only reason why I say that is because even demons believe in him. So like just the understanding of the spiritual realm is not enough to you for you mm-hmm. to really become in a in, in, in that relationship. And so from there though, I was like, Okay, I'm interested and I began like learning and I read more scriptures and I began now piecing things together for myself mm-hmm. and I began doing research and now for the first time in my life I actually began praying. Mm-hmm. And I felt this power in my life because then I I could I had self control. Mm-hmm. I could like nobody could just tell me how it is and, and then I was just all jacked up and like I was just like I had things I can't explain, but they were so precious to me. Sure. And so, yeah, yeah, go ahead. So now, perfect timing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Speaking of things that are precious to you, yeah. I want you to go back and take us back to how you met your wife. Yes. So I had met my wife then, actually, uh, here where I'm talking about in 2017. Mm-hmm. Uh, but coming up to college, I was still pursuing that, and that's when I got into understanding who God is and also explaining it to people because evangelism was always at my heart. And, yeah. So, again, again I, I hate <laughs> yeah. to interrupt you, but this is, this is paramount to me because okay. it's, yeah. it has to do with our timelines and yes. our parallel, right? Yeah. So 2017. Yeah. Is when you started your spiritual journey. That's right. Your spiritual exploration. That's right. Developing a relationship with God. Mm-hmm. It's also when you when you met your wife. 2017 is also when I got sober. It's really? when I started cool. my spiritual journey. Wow. Right. I was cool. lost in darkness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And living completely the wrong way. That's right. I mean, crime, drugs, women, mm. you name it. I mean... Yeah. Everything that you could do wrong, I was doing it, mm. uh, and I was doing it wrong. And in January of 2017, six years ago, is when I landed in Colombia and started my path of recovery. Again, I just want to point out to the viewers that and the listeners so cool. that we had not met. You no. were still in a different state. Mm-hmm. We right. were at two completely different realms right. of reality, but... The journey was already paralleling. That's right. Which was already heading to a place which brought us to where we're sitting right now. Right here, right now. Right. Okay. That so is go, so cool. That's yeah, so cool. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So go. So go back. Now, I didn't meet my wife in 2017, but I met her in 2020. Okay. But 2017 is my spiritual journey began sure. there, sure. and I actually did profess my faith, which means I did this Billy Graham uh, <laughs> prayer, and I was sure. like, "Lord, enter into my heart." Sure. But truly. And then 2018, I began evangelizing, and I was like, my heart went out to folks in the ghetto because I used to commute to school. Mm-hmm. And I, um, so that's when I ran into my wife in my second year of college, and I was like, 
when when I met her, my heart was for not only college kids, but it was for kids in the ghetto because I wanted to give those kids that like me when I was a kid like a big uh, well like a role model you know that type of thing so when we met it was a perfect divine intervention in my life because she was like hey you want to come out and play ball with the kids that I'm ministering to in the ghetto mm -hmm. and I was like sure I go to college but I'll make time for that mm -hmm. so then I went and you know I went to the east side of Indianapolis and uh, she was doing her, you know, just doing what God called her to do. And I was just like, man, this woman looks so beautiful. And I've never seen any woman like that for the first time in my life, you know, because I saw a lot of college kids, but they all had book bags and talked about Starbucks. Right. But I was like, this, this lady, man, she is, she is uh, out here doing the dirty work for yeah, Jesus Christ. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, that is, that is, that's beautiful to see. She would, I mean, she could be, she could be on the internet, TikTok, whatever, but she's out here, so I really like right. that. Yeah. So we began hanging out, and then in 2020, when the pandemic hit, I went into online school for a little bit part-time. Mm -hmm. So I had a little, I had a lot of downtime, and we began connecting there, we became uh, friends, and so we knew each other like two years, and then um, she actually was, she had that Pentecostal fire. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. when I met her, you know, my wife has an amazing testimony, y'all. That's like a whole podcast of its own. Yeah. But she. Uh, Man, I would love to have her on if she, but she, if she'd be willing to come she on. She would love and to give come her on. testimony. I would she's, love to have she's, her. On. I just have a newborn right now, so you. you yeah, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I know, listeners can hear about it. It'll take some time. We'll, we'll revisit. <laughs> we'll revisit that podcast. So uh, she's doing amazing, but yeah, we'll definitely come back here. And and so when I met her, she had just gone back. Uh -huh. uh, she just had gotten saved two months from being kidnapped um, at a at a bar because she was now full fledged into the world. Like not even like what I was doing was child's play. Yeah, it was probably what you were doing. Yeah, yeah. Like cocaine and I mean she was a nude model for six years. Mm -hmm. So like she did you know boudoir and all these things that they did. And she was also a dancer, blah blah blah. Mm -hmm. But she just dabbled in drugs. And that's because her dad committed suicide at the age of 12. So for her, it's much even, I mean, her yeah. testimony is crazier than mine, but, yeah. you know, so when we met, she'd just been two months sober and free from all this stuff and God saved her supernaturally. So she was like on fire for Christ. Yeah. yeah. Like I was on fire, but I was like hanging out with some guys and, mm -hmm. uh, and stuff like that. But she had the tongues mm -hmm. that I used to despise because I was like, uh, I don't think that works in this time and age. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Lord so, I'm, this is about to get good, but, yeah, you know, yeah. so, you know, and my wife is like, hey, listen, I am, by the way, I'm pure, I'm living in righteousness and holy, so just so you know, um, I'm looking for a husband, not a boyfriend, mm -hmm. and I was like, man, she just hit me with all this, but, you know, um, so, I, a whole year, my 2020, yeah, my... My whole 2020 of hanging out with uh, her was all like, how does she have this much more beautiful relationship than God than me? Mm. You know, she's always talking about yeah. Jesus yeah. more than me. Yeah. When we're out there hanging out, she's always evangelizing more than me. Mm -hmm. Like, what is what is it that she has? And she had this books and writing. I mean, her Bible looked like like it was all marked up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, she this studied. Is, 
Yeah, yeah. So she was like, and she was also going to, uh, 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 to, to, yeah, man, I forget the recovery. And, and it, okay, yeah, oh. sure. And so she was also going to that. And anyway, so fast forward to November 2020, I had, we actually had began, I, I, I I began like touching her, you know, mm. and I began going back to my old ways mm. of sinning. We, I actually was bar, bar hopping at that time with some other dudes, mm. and my faith was kind of rocky, you know. Mm-hmm. I was like, Peter, yeah. like yeah. I'm drowning now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, what's happening? Like, because I just was not happy in the relationship with God that I was in, mm-hmm. and. She over here was flourishing, and I was like, I am, I am, I'm desperate to want to have what you have. And so, you know, she then quit hanging out with me because she was also starting to fall into the, you know, mm-hmm. college life and yeah, stuff yeah. like that. Sure. And um, through this hypocrisy and everything, I began asking God truly for a, like that first love that I had with him. And, you know, God began showing me, like, how are you going to come to me and you're professing what is good, but you're living a life that is full of brokenness? Once mm-hmm. again, like, we're, like what went wrong? And so... Sure. Well, we start seeking, we start seeking our exactly. spirit fulfillment from worldly things, right? Yeah. Like, it's funny, I have a friend that talks about we have a spiritual sickness... Right. And we seek to medicate it with liquid spirits. That's right. They call alcohol spirits. Mm. And we try to lift up our spirits and, right. and, and medicate ourselves with liquid spirits. And that's the wrong kind of spirit that we're trying to fill ourselves with. 100%. Yeah. yeah. 100%. So, and so as you were talking, that's what was clicking in my mind. Like, oh, you were using liquid spirits to try to medicate. That's because right. you were not feeling that spiritual connectivity. That's right. And, and it has to do with what we were talking about before as far as being responsible for investing into the relationship, right? That's right. Mm-hmm. And that's anything. And, that's right. and I mean, listen, it doesn't have to be Christianity. It, it, I mean, there are... Dozens of religions worldwide and dozens of theologies and we're going to get into the faith thing and mm-hmm. talk about the spectrum of faith but they all have parallels and they all have similarities as far as moral guidance and moral compasses that's right and uh, and they all have common practices as far as that goes but most of them require some sort of prayer and meditation which is to improve our, our consciousness and our conscious connection to our higher power, right. whatever that is, hundred percent. And and, and 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 to me, that's the spiritual side of that relationship versus you and I talking, at, you know, and and it, whether it be cutting up about work or cutting up about relationships or, or just sharing you sharing about your your child, right? Your 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 new your new baby. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, that's us investing into this relationship. Mm-hmm. And if we didn't do that, it would just fizzle and, and die out. Just, Absolutely. Just like anything else. It's just like watering a plant. Right? Yeah. Like if you stop watering a plant, it's going to shrivel up and die. 100%. Even if it has plenty of sun. 100%. Um, so, so you meet your wife. Yeah. You, things get close. You start to falter in your, in your relationship and in your spirituality. Your faith falters, and then you try to course correct and ask for redirection. Uh, 
you, you ask for a redirection from God, like, like to help you course correct. So what happens then? Yeah, so, you know, and truly, I can understand at this point in my life because my wife began sharing with me, hey, there is actual demons that are amongst us that actually inhabit people. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, because I... I was very theological in my mindset. So everything I wanted it to match with the scripture. Mm -hmm. And when she said that, I was like, okay. So I went into the gospels and I was like opening up scripture after scripture. Like, okay, where is people having demons? Mm -hmm. And I see it all over New Testament. I mean, Legion guy. I mean, the apostles casting out demons mm -hmm. after the book of Acts. So I began asking myself like, some, yeah, like, do I have a demon? And, you know... I began lusting again. That was a part of it is because I was lusting after her. Uh, and, you know, I began watching pornography too mm. as well. And, but I was like, I'm a Christian. Like, what, what, like, am I not a Christian? Or when did I lose it? Or what's happening? And, you know, so, but my wife gave me that insight and I had to go to the scriptures and kind of deal with the scriptures myself. But I'm seeing it is very consistent that a Christian can have a demon. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like, Ananias and Sapphira, like, they died on an instant after lying on the Holy Spirit. So I was like, wow, sin is this, sin is this, like, prevalent, it's death. But how is it that I got saved by Jesus? He's calling, at it, he's calling us into perfection with him. Mm -hmm. You know, how does, how do I go from this to this? Like, what did I do? Like, or once saved, always saved? Because... Mm -hmm. I just didn't know. And when I began asking these questions, God, God just began putting this uh, like hunger in me. And then this one day when I was in my room, I prayed, Lord, just please baptize me with your presence. And I really want to be infilled fully with the Holy Spirit. I don't want part Christianity. I don't want like, like, I just want this true relationship with you. Mm -hmm. And I want it to be like the apostles, man. Like, I don't want to live you know, a lukewarm life. Mm -hmm. And and so then that's when seven days later, I began speaking in tongues in my life. Mm -hmm. Now, whether that is uh, a, I don't believe that's the evidence of receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So I don't, I don't believe you have to speak in tongues to go to heaven. Mm -hmm. No, that's not scripture. I mean, the thief at the cross wasn't speaking in tongues. Yeah. So, you know, but... That's theology, uh, that's theology on the side, but, you know, I had this, like, new perspective and view of things in my life once again mm -hmm. in such a deeper way that I began experiencing, like, um, you know, I began experiencing, like, the spirit realm. I had uh, paralysis, which actually scientifically, there's no actual definition for that name. Like, there's no, like, they can't pinpoint what what's happening, uh, you know, because science is really sucks in, in the matters of the spirit, right? Sure. Uh, or the third man. So, like, I began experiencing at night, like, my body is, like, not moving but mm -hmm. my eyes are rolling mm -hmm. and I'm just like in this trance mm -hmm. and I can hear like stuff in my ear like the screams of hell mm -hmm. and I'm like what is this experience it happened to me five times I couldn't believe it and so many people have this too but um, my experience was wait a second like what what do I do about it mm -hmm. and I'm asking Jesus like okay now I'm baptized what's going on 
why am I still experiencing this? Lust was gone in my life. Mm -hmm. But, you know, that's when a little three months later on, I was watching this video. Uh, so, well, I married my wife, actually. Mm -hmm. And truly it was because after I got baptized in the Holy Spirit, where I had this five months of purity and righteousness, mm -hmm. I couldn't even believe it was coming from me. Mm -hmm. I fasted for the first time in my life. Mm -hmm. And I began reading the scriptures in such a new, different eyes. And so I married my wife. God opened that door and... Three months later, I almost we, we almost got divorced. And that was due to the demon that I had. Mm -hmm. So my wife is telling me, like, I was waking up in the middle of the night and I was, uh, I was ejaculating in the middle of the night. Mm -hmm. In the middle of the night, I'm asleep. I'm like, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, and all this to me while she was telling me, I was laughing. She's crying. She's mm -hmm. like, what is going on? You're right. And I'm like, like what something is, is wrong crazy? with you. Yeah. So, something yeah. is wrong with you. And you're like, this is hilarious. <laughs> you're like, what? This yeah. is funny. Yeah. Me? And, and, and so I, I just couldn't, I, I, I couldn't put this thing, uh, these things together. Mm -hmm. So this one day I'm watching this video with an amazing man of God. His name is Isaiah Salvador. He's online. He's, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and he was preaching against the demon of Jezebel. And all of a sudden, I began manifesting like this, this like growling coming out. It's not, it's not like I, I can feel myself, but uh, my wife was just like, I rebuke you. So she sat down with me. She cast that demon out in Jesus' name, just like how Jesus was doing it. He mm. said, you know, he would command the demons out, mm. you know. And so uh, after that, man, like my life turned around. I mean, it just was like we had the most beautiful relationship from there. Mm -hmm. Three months of marriage, almost got divorced. It was so embarrassing for me because that's all I cared about was my image. Yeah, yeah. But I was like, babe, I'm so sorry. All this stuff went, went down. But I felt this freedom like from the next level of my relationship with God. Mm -hmm. And I believe that, um, you know, there is there is there is a there is a growth that happens in your spiritual progress in your relationship with god absolutely just like what we're doing we're investing in each other mm -hmm. but like there is the radical change that happens in your life because of the power of the holy spirit 100 percent. and you know and so when i began exegating like the gospels like peter had seen jesus multiple times do miracles and everything like he even got an epiphany like Jesus is, you know, in Matthew twenty, in Matthew twenty three, and it's like Jesus is on the Transfiguration Mountain, and this dude is like, all right, we need to make altars for uh, Elijah and 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 Moses and Jesus because this guy is the Son of God, and you know, and so like they had all this revelation, but up until, but he still denied Jesus three times. Mm -hmm. That's how crazy that is. But then after he received, uh, you know, after the Pentecost. He goes from like Peter the coward in literally five minutes to preaching to 3,000 people who get saved. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so to me, that was like, um, I was like, that's my life right there. That's my life. Mm -hmm. And after receiving the baptism and the power of God, I began now applying these things in my life because, sure. you know, just knowing Jesus and just living that life. Uh, is compromising if you're not number one if you're not fully walking in uh, freedom and freedom is there because we see that Jesus actually was going from synagogue to synagogue 
helping Christians because Christians need the most help. Yeah. That's why the most Christian, they, like the craziest, amazing pastors that we know fall into lust. Why? Like maybe he has a demon in him. Maybe mm. he just, you know, we downplay the, you know, the... I, I definitely believe that there are dark forces at work in us and yeah. on us when good things are happening, especially when we are working and doing things in the realm of the spirit. That's right. I definitely think that... I mean, you see it. You, you hear about it. You see it. I mean, like you just said. I mean, yeah. you see like the 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 <laughs> most spiritual men yeah. fall to worldly clamors, and that's because God gave us these things, right? Like He gave us lust. He gave us desire. He gave us the pleasure. We talked about this: the pleasure of procreation, right? But not to be used in a harmful way, or to be in, in excess, or to covet after another man's wife, right? Like mm -hmm. so. We have to be careful not to be harmful with our behavior, regardless. And that's when those dark forces come into play, because it, that you know it's where the the animated devil on one shoulder and angel on the other. Like we know what the right thing to do is, mm -hmm. but that little voice in us—that's the dark enemy. That's the 100%. enemy at play. Like, hey, wouldn't it be more fun to do this instead? And you know, um, and I believe if you're not spiritually fit, it's really easy to succumb to those desires. Hundred percent. So let, let's let's land the plane. My friend Dan likes to say, "I'm going to land the plane." So land let's let's plane. land the plane. Yeah. Let's talk about what it's like now. We we I, I see where God has totally transformed mm -hmm. your life. Yeah. You have this beautiful woman in your life who's mm -hmm. also all about God. Yeah. You both have darkness in your past you both come from broken families mm -hmm. um and you you're on this this path of being of service and being lights yeah. to other people uh doing community outreach so what is your life like now we we talked about you just had a baby yeah so my life right now looks like man just like constant gratitude actually the theme of 2023 for my life because i believe god speaks through numbers in my life uh, you know, and I could just share this real quick about the numbers that I, yeah, the number that I love, my favorite number is actually 21. Uh, and, uh, you know, God speaks through numbers, number one, because he's very specific about the numbers in everywhere in the Bible, you know, Daniel's 21 days of fasting, like why wasn't it 22? 21 has specific minute. Anyway, um, so I was born in... The 21st of 2021, my daughter got born on the same day, 4.21 p.m. And uh, my name actually has 21 letters. So like 21 has always been this theme in my life. And so 23 uh, in Hebrew actually means life. Mm -hmm. So this year happened to be such a life that God has given me. And, and so I have to cultivate that. And I think... Right now, to me, it looks like I'm in this dad mode. I'm in this nurture uh, stage of my life. Yeah. I'm in this place where I now really need more of God, more mm -hmm. than ever, mm -hmm. uh, so that not only my child can prosper in this, uh, but my wife can also have a good, you know, a good husband who, uh, you know, because sometimes parents get lost mm -hmm. with their kids and then they forget about each other. Yeah, so, like, 100%. to me this year, man, it's just like, I need to focus more into not being in the shallow, but going deep with God, you know, mm. because, you know, he has a lot that nobody could ever fulfill. His blessings, man, are about to come. Listen, I believe, I believe wholeheartedly mm -hmm. that God takes us to, to, to better things. 
And the more that we seek him and the more that we seek relation with him, uh, the, the stronger that relationship is. In fact, one of the notes that I wrote down somewhere in here, you know, because I like to take everything back to bodybuilding and, and fitness, is that faith is like a muscle. That's right. It gets stronger the more you exercise it. So therefore, the more you seek faith by drawing closer to God through prayer, the stronger your belief comes and the stronger your faith becomes. Um, so I definitely appreciate you sharing with us. Before, yeah. we, before we wrap up the, the interview portion, mm-hmm. I do want to talk about, so we talked about the fact that you were, you talked about the fact that you're an artist. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that you have music available online. That you and your wife, you've produced music tracks that you and yes. your wife have done. I've listened to some of the stuff. It's good. Nice. Uh, I know that I know that you do commission artwork and painting yeah. as well, right? Mm-hmm. Your wife and you and your wife both are painters, right? Yes. Um, so share your links with the with the audience as far as where they can find your music and where they can find your artwork. Okay. How they can get in touch with you if they want to commission you for artwork. FYI, I really like that you shared about my stuff. That's kind of cool. Well, I mean, I need you to, to tell them where to go. Tell them. Okay. So, right now, I'm going to switch. Yeah, go ahead. Red Garnet Art on Google, anywhere you can find me. Yes, Bobby. <laughs> I know I have a soft voice. Oh, you're good. That thing is, is sharp. It'll, oh, okay. It'll get you it, okay. It picks me up. Red Garnet Art. You can find me. Uh, you can find me Google. You can find me YouTube. You can find me. Spotify, you can also find me, uh, where else? You can find me all platforms, basically. Now, I do, now my business is redgarnet.art, uh, and that's where you can find the link to my webpage. And there you can order uh, whatever kind of paintings you want. I do, oil, uh, I do oil portraits, but I can also do acrylic. We also do landscapes, if, that, if that's something that you would want. But art, go check it out. And also, my music is on Spotify. My music is on YouTube. And I also do some preaching in TikTok and YouTube. So, find me there. So, and your music is under Red Garnet also? or Yes, all Red Garnet. Okay, perfect, perfect. So, I will put links to that in the, in the description of the video as well. So, if, in case you missed it right now, you can just click on, the, click on the description of the video and we'll have links that people can cool. just, hyperlinks that people can just click on and go straight to your stuff. Nice, nice, nice. 